Welcome to the Be Great Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the eight-man football coaching community. Here we discuss scheme, program building, program culture, and building and spreading the eight-man football game. This podcast is brought to you by Anywhere Apparel. Are you looking for custom screen-printed and embroidered gear for your team, coaches, and fans? Contact Anywhere Apparel. That's Anywhere, A-N-Y-W-E-A-R Apparel. We have access to all the great brands and items that will have your team looking their best. We are a locally owned small business that works with teams, businesses, and individuals. Next time you need custom apparel, make Anywhere Apparel your go-to. Contact Anywhere Apparel at art.anywhereapp at gmail.com. That's A-R-T dot A-N-Y-W-E-A-R-A-P-P at gmail.com or on the phone at 319-385-1763. We're excited to have Coach Hayden Delano on the podcast today. Coach Delano is the head coach at Cross County Stromsburg in Nebraska. Coach Delano has been coaching football for seven years, six of which have been eight, ma'am. Coach has been an assistant at Windside, Nebraska and Appleton City, Missouri, and he's now the head man at Cross County for the last five seasons. Coach Delano has had a lot of success as an eight-man coach. Coach's teams have made four consecutive playoff appearances. They've reached the semifinals in 2019 and 2020. This past season, they were runners-up. They've won two district titles in that time and have the most wins in school history. His teams have set multiple school and state records in his tenure in rushing at Cross County. Coach Delano's teams have achieved that success by pounding the rock. His unique blend of single wing and wildcat offense has year in and year out produced thousand yard rushers. He had two each. He's had two each season since 2019. In 2020, they were the first school to have two 2000 yard rushers and rushed for over 5,300 yards during the season. That's incredible. Please help me welcome Coach Delano to the Be Great podcast. Coach, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, you, you know, read some of those, those rushing numbers, and I can't wait to dive into that. Um, you know, I, was, I've, I played quarterback, and so I always like chucking the ball around, and I, I'm slowly turning the page to becoming a guy that wants to run it first. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to, to get into that. But uh, before we do that, something I do with, with all the, the coaches we have on here is we talk about mentors. Um, you know, as coach, we mentor kids and, and our assistants and things like that. Um, so I'm interested to see who's helped you along the way um, to become the coach you are and, and, and those kind of things. So please go ahead and talk about those guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a unique blend now with technology and everything. So, you know, probably more than half the guys I learned from, I don't really even know. So uh, they're mentoring you and, and you just know them via Twitter or, or the Telegram app or whatever. So um, it's kind of, kind of a, uh, unique situation, but uh, two of the big ones early on, especially uh, Travis Besor is the head coach down at Appleton City. Uh, when I got down to Missouri, so I'm from Northeast Oklahoma. My wife's from uh, Northeast Nebraska. So we met at a church camp in Missouri and, and I went up to Wayne State College in Nebraska and uh, graduated and kind of looking for a job kind of anywhere really and, and applied a few places in Nebraska, didn't land anything. Um, and, and found a job down in, in Southwest Missouri. And it was a little bitty school. So uh, I was actually at Montrose and it was K-12 with 125 kids. And uh, we co-opted half, we had half the sports and Appleton City had the other half. And so uh, they had volleyball and track and, and football. So I get there and I'm, uh, I find out <laughs> that I'm the AD, uh, K-12, uh, PE, ninth grade health, uh, head baseball, assistant varsity boys basketball. And so my, my, my hands were full and I, I was still kind of teetering between did I want to coach football or did I want to coach 
basketball or baseball. I didn't really know. And uh, so I was okay. Just, I was going to be an assistant in basketball and, and head baseball. And, and I kind of came to terms with football just wasn't going to work out that year. And uh, we were at a joint uh, district meeting um, right before the year started. And, and Travis is the uh, AD over there and we're sitting down and he asked me a question and, and about football and I answered it. And he said, well, why don't you just come coach? We play next week. I said, oh, so uh, he, he kind of just threw me in there um, in retrospect. And I'm sure he knew this. They had a talented bunch, one of the better groups that they've had in school history. Um, and it kind of turned into him just handing me the defense and and let me coach. So um, I learned a lot from him uh, just about how to run a program. Uh, he invested a lot in me and, and, and spent a lot of time with me and, and gave me that opportunity. So that's a, that's a lifelong friendship. You know, everybody's got a story like that. And, and he's always been that guy that I could pick up the phone and, and bounce ideas off or whatever. And um, that was 11 man. So they actually dropped to eight man a couple years back. So it's, it's been kind of fun um, turning it back over and, and walking him through some eight man stuff. He had some experience and, and uh, with eight man, but it, it's been a good, uh, healthy relationship and have learned a lot. Uh, the other big one is not a football coach, Gil Hanlon down there at Montrose. So he's in the Missouri Coaches Hall of Fame. He's a basketball coach, and he's got well over, I think, this is a crazy number, but I want to say it's over 600 wins. And he's like 630 and 20, 220 or something like that. He's been coaching for a lot of years. And um, he, had, he had done some time at, like, Butler, Missouri, and then uh, the majority of his uh, career was at uh, um, Blue Springs or Blue Springs South, one of those right there in Kansas City. So – uh, he had started his career at Montrose and he had come back uh, to he had a grandson that was living with him and he wanted him in a, in a smaller district out of the city. And um, that was a unique deal. You know, learned a lot. Uh, I would say a lot of uh, who I am and how I coach is based off him. Um, it is not exactly up to par with what's popular in today's coaching world. He uh, he is cut from a different cloth, old school um, Irishman that just uh, he gets after it. And, you know, his, his stories and stuff. He's changed a lot, but he, he would share a lot of stories about how he had a paddle at practice when he first started. And there was there was no get on the line and run. He'd just swat you and uh, he'd duct tape bricks and you'd run with bricks above your head around the floor if you were in trouble and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I haven't gone that far yet, but uh, I, I probably definitely, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, in terms of, of discipline and, and structure and expectations, you know, I, I've molded myself a lot off how he uh, handled himself. And, and it's kind of neat looking back on it, man, everyone respects him. Everyone loves him. And, and he's hard on kids and, and he's done now he's retired. But um, again, I think he's retired three times, but uh, he, uh, he always had everybody's respect and, and people followed him. And, and I thought a lot of them um, in my year down there, but those two for sure have, have invested in me a lot and helped me a lot. And then, like I said, you know, you get on Twitter or whatever, and every day is a clinic and, and uh, you just pick people's brains and you might not ever meet them or you get to meet them at little clinics around. So um, it's kind of a hodgepodge of people from all over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just read something online, you know, to kind of piggyback off the Twitter thing and, you know, the Telegram app and, and those kind of things is, you know, when, when the internet was coming around and they said, you know, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Now I think almost that's my, my interaction is with guys I don't know, you know, um, <laughs> through Twitter and, and those things. So, um, you know, and, and I've gotten to know you through the Telegram app and, and those kind of things. And I mean, it's just a, like you said, a clinic every day. So um, let's get let's get into this. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you guys are a single wing, unbalanced wildcat team. Um, you know, so we have very little of that where we are at. 
Um, are you unique in Nebraska in your area? Are there teams that kind of mim try and mimic what you do? Um, or, you know, are you kind of a one of a kind? Uh, you know, as far as being totally unbalanced, like we are, um, there's not a whole lot of it. There's a handful of teams that, that do it. Um, like, uh, there, there's a Norfolk, uh, Lutheran is, is a team that I can think of off the top of my head. And, um, and there's teams that package it for sure. Um, but it's not necessarily the norm by any, by any means. And, and that's something that we, uh, think is a huge advantage as well. You know, teams are, teams are practicing something different that week. Um, and it's forcing, um, defensive coordinators and coaching staffs to make a lot of decisions. And that's something, um, that it's a big part of our game planning is, is how are, how are coaches, how are the adults going to react to us? You know, kids, kids will do whatever, right? So you put them in a spot and I don't know if it means that much to uh, little Johnny that's 16 that has to play defense against us, but their coaches spend all week and thinking about it and, and changing their mind multiple times and, and getting out of their bread and butter. And, and um, that's a huge advantage to us. We know, you know, when we watch your film and we show up on Friday night and you're in a whole new defense, then uh, you're already spinning the wheels a little bit. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely a little different. Um, not totally unheard of running the football here is, is big double tight is big. Um, but selling out with the no quarterback and, and the unbalance is, is a little unique. I think you just made one of the, the, a great little soundbite there. And I kind of want to react back to it or go back to it is you said, how will the adults react? You know, and I think a lot of times we get caught up as coaches going, this kid's going to do this, this kid's going to do that, you know, and how many times does a six-year-old not do what they're supposed to do, whether it's your team or the other team, you know, on paper, and you don't have to out coach you know, the adult on the other side, you have to out coach the kid, you know, um, and, you know, a lot of kids do some things, but, um, you know, I think that's a great, great little soundbite there, you know, is how do you, how will the adults react? You know, um, that's, that's great. I just want to bring, uh, bring some light to that. So um, are you, were you familiar with that system at all? Like, did you growing up, were you a single wing guy or is this just something you kind of stumbled into or, you know, talk a little bit about that. No, so it's funny. So I, I actually called the defense when we were 11 man when I got here five years ago um, and I was calling the offense and then we moved to eight man and the more I learned about it and, and I was familiar a little bit, but uh, I just felt like that's a lot to put on any coach's shoulders is playing playing defense in eight man world. And so uh, I wanted to take that on and make that my responsibility. So our offense coordinator and O-line coach, Matt Carroll, uh, phenomenal football brain. You know, he, he played at Peru State. He was a, a guard and a tackle at Peru State in Nebraska. Um, I think he holds uh, – he, he'll be mad that I said this. I think he holds the career start record um, or consecutive starts or whatever. So he spent a lot of time. Um, he's a big gap guy, though. And uh, I, was, I was more geared towards zone. And, and that style of play and, and quite frankly, softer is what I was. And uh, so our first year going to eight man, we actually had to make a decision. So we were terrible our last year in 11 man. We had 19 kids out. Uh, we were trying to do a bunch of things. It wasn't working. Uh, we built the roster up. You know, this will be year three with 35 to 40 kids. And um, so we wanted to reinvent ourselves and we wanted to be different because we were listening actually to Ty, or not Ty Darlington, but uh, Rick Darlington who down in Florida, Alabama area, who's a, a single wing guy that everybody knows around the nation. And he, he preached about being different. So uh, we really uh, thought a long time and played with some ideas. And we ended up running the spin series, like a version of the double wing. And we were running counter trap and, and blast off of it. And, um, you know, it was it was unique. We won some games because it confused some people. Uh, but the good teams 
just lined up and, and weren't fooled by it. Teams that were well coached weren't fooled by it. And uh, uh, we actually lost the house Dodge that first year in the eight man playoffs first round at their place. We got smoked by it was like 52 to six or something. And uh, it was raining outside and muddy and, and we couldn't they were already better than us. And then we couldn't go anywhere either. So um, we kind of got into the I formation a little bit after that. We, we decided we wanted to go downhill. Um, and we knew we had some dudes coming up and let's just line up and make sure they're coached up the right way and be good at what we do. And, uh, Carol, coach Carol, uh, he begged me, I bet it was six, seven weeks, three seasons ago now, uh, just begging me to, to put in the single wing package. And I told him no, and, and hats off to him. He's really good at, at hearing no and coming back to it later. And he's a phenomenal uh, assistant coach in that manner. And, um, I told him no for a long time and he'd draw it up and I'd throw it away and he'd have it on his board trying to leave subliminal messages or whatever. And, and I ignored it and I told him he was dumb and stupid and it was never going to work and we're not going to do it. And, and you can't not have a quarterback. And I was just totally opposed to it. So, uh, three years ago, we are one and three, and then we we win our final three to go four and four in the regular season. And, uh, it's the final game of the year. And he, he finally convinced me. I said, okay, we're struggling. We're at like 42% on two point conversions. We're struggling. We need this win. I said, two point conversions only call what you want. And he, he, he accepted that. And I think we were like eight for eight that night. And, uh, it wasn't even competitive, um, on those three yard bursts. So, uh, we were onto something. He tried to tell me and we laugh about it still. And, uh, so we kind of rode that wave and that's when our first playoff run happened. You know, prior to that year, it had been 16 years since we won a playoff game. And, and so we kind of debuted it as who we were the next week and uh, caught the next team off guard, won our first playoff game and went on a run and ended up falling short by three or four points in the semis. But uh, that just kind of became who we were and what we were doing. And uh, it, it's just morphed into our identity now. It's just, it seems like a different world, uh, you know, a long, long time ago when we weren't doing it. It's just what our kids know, our youth runs it now, our junior high runs it. It's kind of cross-county football. So um, when you were making that tra transition, excuse me, uh, was that a hard sell to kids to go, you know, we're going no quarterback, you know, we maybe will throw the ball four or five times a game. You know, was that kind of a, a hard sell or – I mean, you, you got a group of kids that just get it. And I suppose, I mean, winning helps take care of things, um, you know, but, but kind of talk maybe about that, that sell you had to make to the kids and maybe the community too. Yeah. That first year, um, that first year that we started it in the playoffs, we were already running the ball. So uh, it wasn't, they didn't think of it that much different really. Um, and then we won. And like I said, community, they were all in on that. And, and uh, it was actually pretty simple because we had two really special backs that year and they were a sophomore and a junior. And so, uh, and prior to that, we were doing armbands and we were signaling. Uh, we went back to huddling up and running plays in. And so we took the QB out. And, and that's a whole nother reason. I don't know what happened. And I love our kids. We got great athletes, obviously, and, and they're blessed with talent and genetics. But I, we don't have too many kids that can throw the football forward at all. It's just I don't know what the, I don't know what happened. And part of that is we don't spend a lot of time coaching it. Right. So. Um, that was kind of that uh, transition piece as well. So we were running plays in every other carry with those two good running backs. And that's something that we fell in love with during the playoffs because, boy, they were fresh. You know, they were playing both sides of the ball. We, we were only playing about 10 kids and uh, um, they were getting every other carry off. And, and throughout the playoffs, they started averaging like I think it was like 14 and 11 yards of carry in the playoffs. And uh, uh, they were fresh. They felt good. And, and it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we, we talk and we were talking before we pushed record here, 
um, just your physicality of your blockers, um, you know, and that, that mentality. And I, I, you know, I was watching uh, one of your films and, and I think the kid almost every time one of your, your tight, I don't know what you call him, your tight end, or I think he was the nub side guy, even uh, sometimes but he was blocking guys 15 yards downfield and that guy would end up on his back. Um, you know, so let's talk a little bit about that physicality, you know, pin your ears back, um, you know, and that finish mentality, you know, I think we all want, those kids, you know, how do you finish a block like that? You know, is it, um, you know, it sounds like you've got it going from junior high until now, you know, is there any specific drills or anything you do uh, to preach that, that finish, you know, to bury the guy, um, you know, just that, that blocking, we all want our kids to get done. How do you guys preach that? Yeah. So um, like I said, by nature, when I was coaching them up on the offensive side, maybe a little softer uh, style, um, and we made that transition. We made that run. We had a, a lineman that graduated a couple years ago. His name is Lincoln Kelly and, and phenomenal. His football brain, he actually comes back. He's in college now, goes to the University of Nebraska. He comes back on Friday nights. He's in our, in our box with a headset on, just volunteers. And uh, what he picks up and does is phenomenal. But he had a big block in one of, one of our big games. We were playing BDS, who's uh, Nebraska power. And uh, they were like on a 52-1 and one, uh, win streak. And uh, we were at their place. They beat us a couple weeks before. And, and Lincoln Kelly took a kid to the track, literally took him to the track. And it was like one of those light bulb moments. Like our, it was through our bench. Our kids loved it. The coaches loved it. He loved it. Um, and it's it just like, I don't know. It was like one of those pivotal moments. Like th this is who we're going to be and this is how we're going to block. And it was really, really celebrated. And, you know, it made the highlight tapes and all that stuff. And uh, so the first thing we do is we talk about it a lot. We celebrate it a lot. And, I mean, it is a focal point. Of, of how we coach our kids up and and we preach on on what that looks like and, and our kids still today you know a year or two after Lincoln we'll talk about taking kids to the track and having that mentality um, as far as drills I think one of the best drills we do um, on the offensive side we call it the finisher drill and it's really simple uh, all we do is we, we just get a hand shield and we have a line and one kid's holding the shield and everybody's just in a in an offensive line stance if you're a lineman otherwise just you're standing up like a running back or whatever and we block on the whistle all at once. We'll have six or seven lines going at a time. And we're just fire feet. We're driving. We're driving on the second uh, whistle. They let go of the bag and the blocker drives it to the ground. And then you have to run your feet in the ground till the third whistle. So uh, they finish the block to the ground and then they run their feet. And I might go 10, 12 seconds. And uh, the side of our practice field is just absolutely shredded by, you know, week two. And, and that's an every uh, week, at least twice a, a week for sure. Um, that we do and we just call it finisher and our kids know that that we're not satisfied unless the kid's on his back and um, you know a lot of it too I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that we have some genetics you, you bring up our tight end okay he's 6'6 225 230 this fall um, going to play division one football at USD so um, he's good at what he does obviously um, but what people don't see is that stuff trickles down into the JV games on Monday night and stuff like that. So we got kids that previously wouldn't block like that or thought they couldn't that are doing some of that stuff. So um, it's nice when you have the genetics, but uh, when it becomes your identity and your mentality, it's great too. Yeah. As I say, that becomes a, a program expectation, exactly. you know, which, you know, you said that kid with two years ago, took him to the track and you're still talking about it. You know, he's graduated, yeah. you know, and you have like a phrase, take him to the track. I mean, that's, that's a cool phrase, you know, and something that your, your program has there. So um, obviously, you know, defensively, you're just as physical, um, real impressed with watching your, your team. Um, Three-man front most of the time, right? Man coverage behind, um, 
you know, and I, I, like I said, you don't have that big nose guard guy, you know, you just got some athletes up there and, and uh, I was watching your film against uh, weeping water. Right. And I was talking about a bunch of compression tackles, two on one, three on one, you know, you really corralled their, their quarterback seemed like a pretty nice athlete. Um, And you were able to kind of corral him a little bit, Um, you know, so maybe kind of talk a little bit, just maybe about your defensive philosophy for your team. Um, you know, and, and the tackling, you know, are you a Seahawk head behind tackle guy? Are you, uh, you know, head across, um, you know, physicality, you know, be physical head on the football. You know, I've talked to a college coach and they said, you know, we'd like to meet their face mask with our face mask. You know, I mean, we can't do that with high school kids, you know, but, um, you know, kind of just talk a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, about, you know, compression tackles and, and just your defensive philosophy. Yeah, so we uh, we spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time with our defensive ends talking about owning the line of scrimmage, and actually all all of our defensive players. Um, so um, it's something that that I preach on all the time to the kids, and and they know at practice during a drill or during team or whatever, I will constantly ask them, um, "What are we supposed to own?" And everyone has to say, "Own the line of scrimmage," and then I always say. Um, and how far, and they say plus one, minus one. And that's something we make a living offensively when a team will come up the field more than a yard. And we're kicking out on every block or on every play, right? So um, we call it blast, but it's power. So blast or counter, whatever, we're, we're trying to ear hole that DN. And, and we think it's comical at times how many people will send them up and teach their own. But uh, that's making our life easy. And so uh, I kind of form that philosophy defensively off what I what I love to see offensively when we're on the field. So um, our kids know it's plus one, minus one. If you look at our stats, um, it's really interesting how few sacks we have. Well, one, Nebraska runs the ball a lot, Um, but we have very few sacks and we don't really have as many tackles for loss as one would think. And, and I know at times it kind of grinds the gears of the kids when they're pumping the brakes and it could be a five yard loss, but um, we always tell them that one yard loss with no missed tackles is, is the key and no kick out blocks. So um, you don't see us get trapped very much at all whatsoever. You don't see us getting kicked out very much. Um, our, our defensive ends know that they have to sit, squat and, and own the line of scrimmage. So um, we, we like to funnel it back in and then let our um, linebackers hunt. And as you could see, we kind of walk our linebackers up. Right. So it almost looks like a five front. Right. Um, and, and so we call it a three two monster and that safety or linebacker um, over the top. He's he we kind of try to put our guy there, whoever we're trying to focus on defensively. Um, and by the time everything, everybody gets engaged, there's, there's not very many people left to block them. So um, we let them play downhill and, and we, we tell our DNs, if, if the ball gets forced in between you guys, we're going to have somebody there. Um, and, and that's kind of what we preach as a team. Um, as far as uh, tackling, I, I don't know if we got a name for what we do. Uh, uh, I definitely tell them head across. That's what we do. So I always tell our kids, and maybe this is taboo in today's world, but we do tell them, keep your head out of it. And, and if you can make the tackle without your head, that's all we care about. And what we don't think is going to happen is a kid's going to go make a tackle on Friday night and think, okay, my left shoulder's here. My face mask is here. My head's safe. My mom's happy. Coach is happy. The rules, I'm not getting a flag. We just don't want your head in it. But we do tell them if your head's across, your head will be out of it. And last I've seen, nobody has ever cut anybody in half trying to break a tackle. So if you can get your head across, they're going to have to they're going to have to saw you in half to, to get through you. Um, and our kids um, have adopted that and, and live by that. And I think it shows, you know, they they do a phenomenal job playing downhill and, and finishing tackles. That's not really a, an issue that we have very much. Um, and a drill we do for that, it, just like our finisher drill, 
The most common drill we do defensively, we call it gator tackling. So we'll get dummies, same lines as we have in finishing drill. And the first whistle, uh, they're running their feet. Second whistle, they're wrapping up and bringing their hips. They have to take the bag uh, four steps and then they drive it to the ground. They roll once and again, they drive their feet. And so the whole, the whole uh, drill per person might last 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And it's obnoxious. We spend a lot of time after the play still driving our feet wrapped up on the ground after we've rolled digging up you know we might be four or five inches deep in the ruts over there um but i think that that shows when we're finishing tackles on friday night so uh that's something we've been doing for a couple years um and it's really finally showing up um all the time on friday nights um so i was listening i i love this this finishing right you keep talking about both offense and defense finishing and and i i was listening to a coach somewhere read it somewhere or something. And they, that's the one thing that great is finishing for their players. Um, is that something that you do or, you know, or you talk about on film on Monday or, or whatever is, you know, Hey man, we're, we're not finishing here. Right. We only got one guy around the ball. And, you know, I mean, is that, is that a coaching point as, as a film, you know, as you critique yourself, maybe just between coaches, you know, but it, that's gotta be, you know, from as much finishing work as you do, right. That's, that's gotta be like number one talking point for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So our kids now, they know, um, and, and it takes the relationship piece and getting kids to trust you and follow you, but they know when we're watching film, um, a good block isn't a good block until they're on the ground. So um, they really search for that. And at times, I'll be honest, at times it gets us in a little bit of penalty trouble. We've had, we get flagged more than anybody in America. And that's, that's a guarantee. Um, I think it's unjustified. And I think that um, we're just playing the game the right way. But uh, I, we tell our kids all the time when a referee is pulling you aside or me and coming over to the sideline to warn me that we're just blocking too obnoxious or too long, or you should know that kid's not making the play. That's when we're celebrating. That's when those kids are getting a pat on the back on Monday morning film um, and they search for it. And it's almost like a little bit of a, a, a pride deal where, hey, did you see uh, the ref told me three times I'm blocking too hard? And I said, heck, yeah, that's exactly right. That's what you need to do. Make the ref come tell you that. Uh, if they throw the flag, I'm going to be mad at you, but um, just for a minute. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we talk about it a lot. And, and so uh, we've really got them to uh, uh, build or buy into that mindset that a good block isn't just getting in the way. And that's something that said, you know, that's something for receivers and, and running backs. You know, you hear that all the time, just get in the way for a couple seconds. And we do that too. our running backs just get in the way. Um, right. But if, if you're playing at cross county and your hands in the dirt pre-snap, you darn well, or your fullback, you darn well better understand that it's pancake or we didn't succeed. And, and we preach that nonstop. Yeah. I like that. I like that, that little sign right in there. A good block is a good block when he's in the ground. You know, I think you'll, you'll hear coaches talk about that now, you know, that's just, that's great to hear. Um, all right. So let's kind of switch gears uh, to special teams a little bit um, in those couple of films, right. That I've watched, you had a kick return for a touchdown in both of them. Um, you know, talk a little bit about your special teams, you know, kind of maybe what's your plan, who plays on it, you know, the mentality of it, you know, how do you, how do you cultivate success on, on your special teams? You know, I, I think in the one game um, I watched your start, your, your wildcat or, you know, well, your running back quarterback guy, you know, he was your deep guy. He had a big return, you know, and, and things like that, you know, so you've got a starter, two-way starter, you know, probably one of your best athletes instead of getting a blow, you know, he's, he's back there returning kicks, you know, so kind of just, you know, hint, hint on, you know, what your plan is during the week and, and how you approach that and your kids approach it. Yeah. So uh, special teams is so finicky and eight man, right? Like it's tough. So uh, we actually don't spend very much time at all on special teams. We have one kickoff return 
and and I'll just tell you, we cross everybody, and anybody that plays us sees that. Um, and we just think it's a cheap way to, to pick off blocks. Um, but we the kids know it from the day they come to high school football. Um, so we we practice it very rarely. And when we do, we don't do it with any contact. We just don't feel it's worth the the injury uh, risk. So uh, we believe in our offense too. So we, we just don't spend a lot of time preaching about it, honestly. Um, and, and we just let it happen. We're just happy to have the ball in eight, man. We want the ball wherever. And I think that really shows up a, a terrible job I've done coaching is actually like punt return on special teams. Um, I got coaches that want to block everything. And I think that we can at times. And, and I'm, I just love to have the football. So there's really not a bad spot in an 80 yard field when you have some of the weapons we have to have it. So I always fear fake or whatever else. Um, so I'm really conservative there, but kickoff return. Um, we, I think we've had, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's either seven or eight in the last three years for a touchdown. And, um, and it's obviously nice. So when we're, when we can do what we do offensively, but we can also mix in some, some cheap and easy points like that, that's huge. So personnel is a big part of that. Uh, we play our starters. And if you're a dude that plays offense or defense, you play special teams. And uh, I've went back and forth, back and forth. Um, there's pros and cons to it. And at the start of each year, I try to give some young cats a chance. Um, but if, if they're messing something up in practice, that's, that's probably the shortest leash they get um, on any aspect of our team is messing up special teams just because I know there's guys that can do it. Um, and that comes from our first year in eight, man, Carter Syme, 34, um, big running back uh, who ended up having, you know, 5,400 career yards and, and, and just a phenomenal career, 94 touchdowns. His freshman year, opening kickoff of the year, I have him out there just because I know he's an athlete. And uh, there was a squib kick and he fumbled it and I about threw up. I couldn't stand it. So he didn't hardly even play the rest of the year. And what a, what a travesty that was. It wasn't just that. We had some other kids playing, um, but his, his parents and, and I are good friends. And we talk about it all the time. He had 135 yards as a freshman. And then he had 500 or 5,300 the next three years. So um, zero touchdowns as a freshman. So um, we, we give kids a chance, but boy, they better be ready to play. And they better be ready to perform because uh, with, with minimal coaching, putting athletes out there will take care of business a lot. And, I mean, what's a touchback? The 15-yard line? So, like, there's no risk in trying to return it with your studs. Um, we tell our kids, you know, we'll put our, our quarterback or our running backs back there and, and just go make a play. If you step out, I don't care. If you – whatever, do whatever you got to do. Um, and odds are we're going to have the ball much further than the 15. Yeah, no, I, and that's one thing I noticed, too, is that, you know, I think you had kids that were almost – you know, trying to catch the ball, make sure it didn't go in the end zone to get, get what you can, you know? And I mean, it's just, it's that same mentality, you know, I'm not going to play soft. I'm going to catch it. And I'm going to run and I'm not going to head out of bounds. I'm gonna hit you with my shoulder pad, you know, and, yeah, and, it's just, and honestly, it was fun. To, the games I've watched were fun to watch. And speaking of fun games to watch entertainment value as, as a guy that had nothing at stake, um, you, you played Howells Dodge who ended up being the state champion. You played him to a two point game. Um, and then you played him in the state championship game. And the re the reason I, I'm not trying to, you know, dig you in and salt on the wound here. But, um, you know, as a, as a football fan, you know, you got two physical teams. I think between the two of you guys, you maybe ran five different plays, um, you know, in the two games, um, you know, and, and just what, I, what I'm getting at is how do you prepare your team being a physical team, playing a, a team that's, you know, probably from what I could see is as physical as you guys, um, you know, they do a nice job, you know, in the run game as well, you know, do you rest your guys during the week? Do you crank it up during the week? Um, you know, I don't think, you, you know, in those games, I don't think you have to get them geeked up for it at all. I think they're probably ready to go, but 
you know, maybe just physically, how do you get your guys ready for a big, big physical game that you know what it's going to be like at the end of the week? Yeah, we, uh, I would say not that we spend too much time focusing on it, but if, if you had to go one way or the other, we crank it up uh, and we're going to hit. So, you know, how's Dodge and there's, there's folks that are going to listen to this that know how's Dodge. Uh, that's, that's the cream of the crop. That is, that is eight man football. Um, tradition wise, probably one of the top five programs in the nation in eight man. And, and, you know, coach Spears, uh, you know, they beat us in the finals. I think he's 10 and one now in Memorial stadium and state championships. So, uh, all from 2000, 2010, I think he won nine of them or eight of them. So, um, that's how they are, you know, and, and, and you want to emulate that. And so, uh, when we were not very good and trying to become a program that was, you know, reputable and, and, and something that the community could be excited about. They're definitely somebody that you want to uh, be like, and they're physical. So, um, and not just kind of physical, you know, it showed in, in the state championship game, um, they just downright were just better in all facets, but they were tougher. They, they, they were as physical as you can get. And that's why they win all the time. They, they don't ever not win. And, and that there's a lot to be said for that. So, yeah, that week, you know, we, we amp it up and, and, and get things going and pop the, pot or, uh, pop the pads and, and get after it. So uh, that's what it's going to be on Friday night. And I used to be a guy that was really worried about injuries all the time. And I think that stimulated from having 19 kids playing 11-man football my first year. And, um, and I've kind of gotten away from that. And that's kudos to our staff. You know, we got guys that will be in my ear all the time and just tell you, hey, you got you to gotta play. Injuries and stuff are going to happen. Um, but if, if you're going to preach toughness and physicality and, and this and that and then go out there on Friday night and want to do it, you got to do it on, you know, Tuesday through Thursday. So um, we, we stay on them and, and we hit as much as we can um, and keep it within the rules. And, and, um, and hopefully it shows on Friday nights. So um, I, I, I'm interested. Are you what's what's your practice gear like? Are you Monday helmets? Are you full, full, full? You know, what do you, how, how do you dress out there during the week for, I mean, any, just your normal game week. So Mondays is our JV game um, here in Nebraska. And we have, we, we take everybody that, well, non-seniors and then only a handful of young kids that, that maybe start or play a lot, don't go. So uh, our numbers are depleted. So we have Monday morning film. Um, and then school, and then we'll watch some film again. Usually we watch our, our past game on Monday morning, and then we'll show the varsity of the upcoming opponent Monday after school. Um, and we don't go outside. We don't do anything on Mondays physically. Um, if there's something that we really need to install or talk about, we might walk through it in the gym or go outside for 15, 20 minutes, um, but we don't really practice. Tuesdays and Wednesdays were full pads, regardless of how much hitting we're going to do. Um, I just uh, too many Charlie horses or whatever else. So, um, and we've, we've kind of come to learn that, you go shorts or, or whatever else, I, th I think the kids play like they're in shorts. And so um, we might have a really soft day planned or, or a laid back day planned. You know, you get into the playoffs, you're not going to hit like you do week two. Um, but we don't tell them that. It's not, it's not a, a talking point with the kids. They know that, you know, it's knee pads on up and it's full pads and that's how we're going to go. And then Thursdays, we actually go shoulder pads. Um, we want to walk through game speed. Definitely there's no hitting, uh, but there's contact for sure, you know, and, and we wrap up and we want to get to our points and um, of attack and, and we want our pullers to pull at full speed and we want all that. Um, so we know that we're gelled and ready to mesh and, and do everything we need to do for Friday night. I, I appreciate, you know, I like that. We, we go shell, but we wear our girdles underneath our shorts oh. on Tuesday. So it's basically full pads minus the knee pads. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things that kids, you know, I, I and I, I completely understand if you're, you know, 
a lot of times, ah, oh, we're in shells today. You know, I remember as a player going, yeah, I mean, it's an easy one. We're in shells. You automatically equate that. So, you know, being a full, you know, as I was writing that down, I was like, you know, that's a great idea to go full, you know, even if you're not banging heads, you know, mm -hmm. just the, it gets them in that right mentality. Um, so uh, just kind of hit on, we've talked about your athletes, right? I mean, you've got great athletes, great genetics. You know, you had anybody between every guy looks like they're 5'10 to 6'4", 190 to, you know, 225. Um, how do you, how do you go about training your kids? I mean, I'm sure you're just like the rest of us, you know, your, your quarterback, your, you know, your tight end is the power forward who also throws the shot. Who's also the starting pitcher, you know, you've, we've all got those kids, um, you know, so they're busy all year round. How do you take that into account as, as you train, you know, and your kids, not only necessarily in the weight room speed, you know, do you get a hold of them to run plays? You know, I mean, you guys wouldn't play seven on seven, you know, five on five, that's not really up your alley, but um, you know, just football related activities, you know, how do you go about training your kids year round? Yeah. Um, funny side story. You say five on five, by the way, we went to a five on five tournament this summer and uh, we drove like two and a half hours to this tournament and it was goofy because we don't have hardly any plays, but we threw like 190 passes that day for like 150 completions. We won the thing and the kids thought we were Mr. Air Raid and we um, oh, we've thrown eight. I'm sure they were chirping in your ear that whole yeah. two and a half hour ride home. We, we've thrown 85 passes the last two seasons combined. But oh, uh, um, yeah, so training. So here, here's here's the key. Here's the recipe. This is this is groundbreaking news that every coach needs to hear. Kids need to lift all the time. And today's world is so different. And and there's a thousand ways to skin the cat. And I get that. And 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 to each their own. Um, and you, you know, you got people focused on speed, people focused on getting big. It's funny, just this morning, I'm listening to, to coach Luther and he's talking about, and you guys are talking about how the days of, of just growing them big isn't ideal. And I think that that's very relative to where you are, because right here in central Nebraska, being bigger is going to, is going to put you in Memorial stadium. And, but I know that our philosophy and our style, I've watched the games in the dome at Iowa on TV. That's a different, that's a different game. You guys are playing a different style. Missouri is the same way. Um, so it is kind of unique to each spot um, for sure here. That's what it's geared towards. So uh, we're really fortunate. We have a board member. Um, his name's Quinn Peterson. He moved back, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago or something, eight years ago uh, to Stromsburg. And he was the quarterback middle linebacker for our 99 state title team. The last time we won a, a state championship before we became cross County, it was just Stromsburg. Um, he went off and became a D1 strength coach. He GA'd at K-State, and then he was up at University of North Dakota full-time, and he was geared to take a job down at UTEP or something um, in southern Texas, and last minute he decided to come home and, and take home over the family farm. So uh, he came back, and, and after my first year, he got involved, and, and he runs – he runs our strength program now and he's all in all the time. Doesn't miss a date. And, and uh, it's just mind blowing what all he, what I thought I knew or what the other coaches, what we thought we knew versus what he can do. Um, but we do lift to get big. Um, we're not the fastest team. You saw that on film. Uh, we, we don't win a whole lot of track meets across County. And then that's just the way it is here. Um, if you're really fast, I get that. Um, but we're not. And even the difference that we can make speed wise, I don't know if it's enough. So, um, we definitely have incorporated some new stuff, you know, feed the cats is a big thing that everybody's doing. Um, there's aspects of that we've talked about and tried to incorporate. Um, but, but we lift to move heavy weight and do it the right way. Um, and, and we lift to stay, uh, we, we aim to stay consistent. So we're year round. Uh, we lift, uh, we moved it from classroom 
from a class period. Now we still offer two class periods for weights, but um, if you're playing sports, if you're playing football, which is almost all the, the male athletes, uh, you're going to lift in the morning, 6.30, every morning, Monday through Thursday. Um, in the football season, we're getting in three lifts. JV's getting in four. And then, or yeah, and then uh, if you're off season, you're four days. You're here four days year round. Um, if you're in basketball, then Quinn does a good job working with them. You know, their schedules are always crazy and not as clean as a football schedule. So uh, we, we aim to minimum get two lifts in a week. We, we shoot for that three. Um, but that's really the key. I think every weight program, as long as kids are safe, I think every weight program is good. And, and that's, you know, you get on Twitter and stuff. Every, that might be the most unhappy group of, oh, man, of right? coaches. And, and I don't get it because everything that I see on there and is good stuff. It just uh -huh. – is it good for your kids? And they go after it. And I think that the, the key component is consistency lift year round a lot. And, and, you know, we hit it from six 30 to seven 30, seven 40, um, minimum an hour, four days a week. Um, and I think it, it shows on film when you turn our film on, like you said, we don't have a bunch of big dudes, like, you know, big bodies, but we have big athletic dudes, you know, our running back 34, he's going to, uh, Concordia NAI school to play running back. And he, you know, he's six one two fifteen this fall running the rock. And, uh, he, he gets run down occasionally down the sideline, not often, but there's a few safeties out there and catch him, but there ain't a safety in the state that wants to be in front of him. And I right, promise right. you, and, and he runs that way. Um, so, uh, we pride ourselves on that. Something we picked up, you know, I mentioned BDS earlier and, and all the winning they've done. Um, the head coach there, their co-head coaches, one of them, his wife is actually a teacher here. Um, they, they do chocolate milk. They provide chocolate milk. If you lift at their school, and I don't know, honestly, it, it's a good recovery drink. I don't know if it's as powerful as we think it is, but we have a milk cooler in our weight room now. Um, they pay $30 every uh I think three times a year. So we break the year up and, and four, every four months you owe us 30 bucks and, and you get a, a bottle of chocolate milk if you lift every day. And um, I think just it gets their mind thinking about calories. It gets their mind thinking about nutrition. Um, and that's something that we've really implemented. You know, we have a few kids uh, that, that struggle with weight. So uh, they might have to track what they're eating and we go over it with them or Quinn goes over it with them um, just to stay on those kids. And I think that that really gives us an edge a lot of the times because, you know, just about everyone's lifting these days. But what are right. you doing that's extra to set yourself aside? And, you know, we track our, our weight. We have poster boards in the weight room. Your name and your weight every month is up there and everybody's going to see it and your goal's up there. So um, it's, you know, positive peer pressure or positive manipulation, if you want to take the negative connotation out of it, uh, when you're lifting and, and you weigh, you know, you're a freshman and you weigh 115 and coach is expecting you from December to August to be 135, you better get there because everybody else is meeting their goal and it keeps kids honest and it keeps them accountable. So um, we talk about body weight a lot. We can always trim a kid down. So um, uh, we definitely try to pack on the weight, but again, that fits our style. That fits our, our mentality and definitely our region of football as well. Yeah, it is wild. The difference between, um, you know, Iowa and Nebraska. I mean, we're so close, you know, in the Missouri, you know, how much different we play. You know, we don't see very many I double tight teams. We, you know, we don't see very many, you know, obviously barely single wing unbalanced teams. You know, we see some teams that have the, the principles, you know, but like, you know, I mean, the contrast in style between this conversation with you and Coach Luther is insane. You know, Coach Luther wants to run it around and, and chuck it around, blow them off the roof, and you'd rather just gas up the bulldozer and get going, you know, and I, I love it. I think both of them obviously are very successful, so um, yeah. it's it's great. Um, so as we kind of get, get here towards the end, 
Um, one thing I like to ask everybody, you know, what's the, what's the main thing for your program? You know, when, when people think about cross County football, you know, what, what's the main thing, you know, Saturday morning, they know they played you, um, you know, so what's your main thing and then how do you keep it the main thing? Yeah, we, uh, we tell our kids all the time when, when it's Saturday morning or Friday night on the bus, on the way home, we want them to know they played cross County. And, and that's something that I think a lot of people talk about. And I think it's something that's thrown around, but is it really happening? And, and um, anytime that a coach, you know, after a game or, or um, you know, at a clinic or whatever that we play, if they bring it up, if, if they mention our physicality or man, you guys were, were relentless on how you finished blocks and, and stuff like that. We make sure we relay that to the kids. We want them to know um, what was said and, and what it means just so they don't think it's a, a mute point. You know, um, they know that, that what they're doing matters. So, um, that's just, we pride ourselves right there, you know, and, and, and you named it or you said it with, which with coach Luther, there's a million ways to coach ball. It's just, can just co be able to coach up whatever you're doing and you could be successful and you throw in good athletes. And of course you can. And, uh, but our mentality is we want, we want all eight of you in the box. And that's something we, that's another slogan we have. We tell our kids every day, or at least offensive days, they have eight people on the field and they can put eight in the box, but there is not eight that want to be in the box. And we're going to block seven of them. And we're going to find, even if it's just one, we're going to find them. We're going to run right at them. We're going to hit them in the teeth. And, uh, and that has paid uh, off well for us, for sure. So um, we just, we want to be known that we're physical. We want to be known that we're going to block you to the whistle or we're going to take you to the track and, and you might not like it. And that's okay. Um, we're not out there necessarily trying to make friends all the time. So um, that's kind of our mentality, you know, obviously keep it within the rules, keep it, keep it sportsmanlike and all that. Of course, that goes without saying, um, but we, we want them to know that, that we're trying to play tough, that we're trying to play physical and you're going to feel it mentally, physically, and, and emotionally when it's all done. Absolutely. There, there was a, a couple of, I mean, you can tell your players, um, you know, they got a fan in Winfield, Iowa, um, you know, the way they play and all that, you know, you can definitely hype them up. That was, uh, uh, you know, I, I found myself watching more and more film. I, I mean, I'm not going to use your single wing stuff, but man, I, I love watching that block. And we're going to talk about and pull some of your film for our kids to show them blocking, um, you wow. know, and say, look, you know, it can be done. Um, but man, that's, that's great stuff, coach. I appreciate that. Um, so how can coaches that listen here, how can they get a hold of you? How can they contact you so they can talk a little ball, get into your finishing drills a little bit? Um, you know, they can just expand this conversation with you. Yeah, uh, they can reach out however they want. Twitter, uh, email, you know, I'm at Cross County. So if you just Google Cross County, uh, you can find me. My Twitter, do you want that handle? Um, that's at Hayden Delano, H-A-Y-D-E-N-D-E-L-A-N-O. So uh, they can reach out. Um, I'll share a film, whatever, you know. Um, I love to talk ball, obviously, like everybody does. Um, we're headed out to the, the Iowa Football Coaches Association. We're going to present down there on our offense next weekend and then um, at the Missouri one in a couple weeks. So um, definitely say hi, reach out, teach me something. Um, we do graduate a lot of talent, so we're looking for some new ideas as well. So um, I'm eager to get out there and on the clinic trail and, and figure out some new wrinkles for what we do. All right. Well, I'll catch up with you here this weekend at the Iowa Clinic. I'll be up there and definitely we'll sit in and, and listen to you guys. So, Coach, I appreciate you on. Um, I enjoyed this conversation. A ton. I got about two pages worth of notes here, um, you know, to get through. So uh, thank you for getting on and, and, and talking a little ball. And, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. The more eight man material out there, everybody's going to uh, benefit from. So thank you a bunch for that. All right. All right. Take it easy, coach.
That's it for our show today. Hopefully you got at least 1% better from listening to today's episode. Please share the podcast and review if you enjoyed and learned today. You can follow us on Twitter at BeGreatFCP. That's B-E-G-R, the number eight, FCP. Or send us an email at BeGreatFCP at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-R, the number eight, FCP at gmail.com. Remember to keep the main thing the main thing and to be great.